Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. Are you a fan of making lemonade? Qui-Gon's happy hour? Or just my work in general? Well, due to the current world crisis, health crisis we are at, we here at the Lemonade Podcast Network have hit a wall as far as our sponsors and regular revenue streams go. And we thought it's time to push our Patreon. If you go to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the lemonade network and become a patron you will get access to not only a patron exclusive podcast feed with all our star wars after shows movie commentaries and the whole first season of my podcast baking oranges where i talk with my friend and yours steve about pop culture and the world around us but you will also get 15 percent off all products in my online store Um, year-round and access to a patron-only Discord community where you can talk about the latest episodes, pop culture, and much more with our Lemonade Network community. Now, for those of you out there who are also in financial hardship right now, this is not for you. I want you all to know that we we will still have free podcasting content year-round. Every single week, we're going to have new episodes of Making Lemonade and Qui-Gon's Happy Hour every other week as well, so don't fret. However, if you are not in financial hardship and you could spare some <laughs> some cash um, and would like to help out and are, are a fan of everything we do here at the Lemonade Network, please head over to patreon.com forward slash the Lemonade Network and become a Patreon a patron today. Stay weird. your speeders in park, pour yourself a blue mojito, kick your feet up because it is time for Qui-Gon's happy hour. Yes, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. It is Mando Mondays once again, and we are up to chapter 12 of The Mandalorian. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is my favorite episode so far, so let's get into it. There was a lot that happened in this episode, so I had to go back, re-watch um, and make some notes. So if you hear that sound, it's just me turning the page on my notes. Um, yeah, I really need to make some notes. So I didn't forget anything and kind of catch things that really caught my eye. Um, we're not going to cover the whole episode necessarily. We're just going to cover kind of my notes uh, this week. So um, let's get into the start. Let's be honest, guys. He sucks as a parent. <laughs> We've spoken about this before. Um Din just isn't a great parent. He's not a great dad. Um, The episode starts with the little child inside the mechanics of the ship. Not only is he deep, deep, like two or three meters inside the mechanics of the Razor Crest, he is playing with negatively charged wires and Mando's trying to get him to plug in a wire and he electrocutes himself, so... Uh, yeah, just like the last episode, I just got spooked <laughs> that, that that poor little baby was going to die once again. 
Um, then, you know, we get the cup of tea scene and that's where he's looking at his face and that's really cute. And they're talking about, you know, we got to go and get some help. And um, I think you can kind of assume from the start of the episode in the um, previously on, we're being brought back to the myth role and um, back to Kara and grief and um, Pershing, Dr. Pershing and all that kind of stuff. You know, the, the baby, the child, where he came from and so on. Um, Kara Dune and even that moment where Pershing is getting their blood and stuff. Anyway, well, what he was getting, we didn't know, sorry. Remember, this is a spoiler-filled episode, ladies and gentlemen, so watch the episode before you watch this. Um, Cara Dune, uh, we get Cara Dune introduced, and in the armorer's section, these little arachnoid dudes um, have taken over where the armorer used to be, and she's come in, and that's a really cool little rhyme there. As we know, Star Wars rhymes, and it rhymes with itself. Um, Cara Dune is like Wonder Woman in this. Um, she's an ass-kicker, but loving... Um, as shown with the little weasel thing when she feeds it. And she feeds it at the end of the episode as well, so that's kind of cute. The Razor Crest has become a character through its trials and tribulations. Uh, Star Wars rhymes, and it rhymes with the Falcon in Empire. Yes, the Falcon becomes its own character, and we fall in love with the Falcon during Empire. It goes through its own trials and tribulations, um, and it suffers some things, and therefore it actually makes an inanimate object a little bit human, which is interesting. And this isn't uncommon to do with ships and, and cars and um, even cities like Gotham, for instance, in Batman is often a character. So uh, this is really good storytelling by Favreau and the crew. Uh, and I love that Grief Karga is kind of a father figure once we get back to Navarro. Now, what I'm really loving about Navarro is the markets and that just shows how it's thriving. There's art on the walls there's color back in navarro in this town so um and the cool thing is the bounty hunter bar is a school now i have it written here later but apparently i didn't i didn't see it but i read it quickly read an article on the easter eggs apparently there is an ig11 um statue in the background because you remember ig11 saved navarro from the imps and his sacrifice so i say that grief karga may have um May have put that up there. We have a protocol droid as the, as the teacher as well. And then we have the child being put there in childcare. Um, he's honestly just like a, a regular kid. Clearly, Favreau has kids of his own and he's studied them. Um, you know, the food, the child with the macaroons, he's just hungry all the time. And that's pretty much what toddlers are. Hungry all the time or upset. Um the Mithril, they say something about when he was a polywog. That's really cool little little um, thing there for people who understand fishes. And he's working off his debt, so we understand what's going on here. He also makes a, a makes a statement here about um, from the carbon freezing how he still can't see out of one of his eyes. So that's a bit of a rhyme with uh, Han Solo in uh, Jedi. Um, it's cool to see him again. I I really love this character. I know there was a few people kind of like Amy Sedaris' character that um, thought he was a little bit out of touch. He talked too much. He was a bit too comedy character, but it's really setting the Mando apart to have characters like this. And um, the guy's name is Horatio Stans, I believe. Wait, where is it? It's over here. Yeah, Horatio Sands. Sorry, Horatio Sands. So... Um, He's a comedian. 
Um, and I just love this guy's design. I want a black figure, black series figure of the Mithril now that he's part of the gang, so to speak, and he's friends with Mando and he's helping him out. So that's really cool. I like that they brought him back in this context. I didn't think he'd come back, but obviously people liked him enough, so they brought him back. Um, the imp base with a skeleton crew, kind of like the Nazis had. This is really interesting because the Nazis um, were uh, running their little, uh, you know, take over the world horrible horrifying uh what do we want to call it apocalypse i suppose or um third reich after world war ii um underneath third or fourth reich i don't know the numbers i haven't studied the nazis that well and i don't really care to um but uh they were running there their third or fourth reich um under the guys underneath the, the slums, kind of like the Imperials are doing here. Um, the sad thing is the Imperials actually succeeded uh, with the First Order, and we'll talk about that later um, in this episode. And thankfully, the Nazis didn't. They were stopped. Um, anyway, the jetpack makes for some really cool situations that... Um, and in this scene where the... Where the uh, we'll talk about it later, but where the Mando just shoots up and pew, 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 and all you hear, pew, pew, and then a trooper just falls from the sky now that's some dark stuff ladies and gentlemen that's this show can get dark if it wants to and, and that trooper falling was was it made me go oh <laughs> that doesn't feel very star wars but i suppose a lot of people are always falling off things in star wars so maybe it is um i don't know who am i to say i am not a i am not making star wars so and then we get dank ferric again yep that's a uh, dank ferric number three so far i believe uh Feel free to chastise me in the comments if that's that's wrong. Uh, classic cut off the engines. Cut off the engines. Oh, when they go into the uh, heating vat or whatever they call it. And again, as we know, Star Wars rhymes. It's a poem. That was Lucas's idea. Um, the sequels rhyme with the prequels and the trilogies, and the prequels rhyme with the, with the original trilogy. So, Star Wars rhymes. It's a poem. That was Lucas's idea. And... Uh, the Mandalorian is not um, left out of that, uh, is not an exception to that rule. Um, and they're real. Let's just, I've written here that the myth role is given a bit of a hard time, and he really is. Horatio Sands' character is given quite a hard time. Um, feel for the guy. But yeah, so the cut off the engines rhymes with a new hope with, you know, Obi Wan. My boy, Obi Wan. Obi Wan Kenobi. I'll turn off. Darth, if, 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 I don't remember the line, Darth, he just says, Darth, Darth, you're, you're an agent of evil, evil, Darth. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Mithril's given a bit of a hard time, but, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what he did to, to Grief Karga. Grief Karga, and even the Mando, I think he has a few moments where he's like, hmm, but he's worried about other things. Uh, Mando and, and Cara Dune herself is, is a bit, um. Anyway, so we get into, and then let's get into the twist. So, super spoilers here, ladies and gentlemen. We get into the cloning lab. Uh, so, we have proven that old mate, he has a badge, old mate Dr. Pershing. In the last season, a lot of people um, uh, theorized that uh, Dr. Pershing's may be a cloner because it was a similar symbol to the cloners of Camino. Yes, Camino from Attack of the Clones. That's the one. 
Um, so, with Pershing's uh, message here that they pull up, that the Mithril pulls up on, can we give Mithril a name? Um, I want to give him a name. I'm going to call him uh, Seratio Hands. So, we're going to call him Seratio. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, the message he gives here is about the child's blood. He needs the child's blood, the cloning process. We can see there's clones in the vat. And apparently in this moment, I, I'll have to go back and rewatch it. Apparently in this moment, Snoke's theme plays in the background just briefly as we see into the cloning. So, this is probably all connected to the Emperor and cloning himself and all these cloning processes and so on. Which could mean that somehow they got a DNA sample to clone Yoda. So, the baby could very well be a clone of Yoda. That could be why they want... This is all just theory. That, um, But I theorize that that could be why... Um, why they need the child's blood. Because he was a clone that worked. And he was a clone. He says something about the M count, which um, is believed to be the midichlorian count. Um, this is so that the Emperor can clone himself into a Force-sensitive being. And if Baby Yoda is in fact a Force-sensitive clone of Yoda, then they may need his blood for his midichlorian count to allow them to continue the testing process and, and to create more Force-sensitive clones, i.e. the one that turns up in uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, and Snoke himself was a Force-sensitive clone, uh, believed just to be, God knows what, just a, just a, just a, just a, just a, just a clone of something. Anyway, uh, back to the jetpack. The jetpack is a great riding tool that allows Mando to move faster and save the day better. Yeah. So um, later on, we find out, you know, we have a we have a Millennium Falcon, uh, more rhyming Millennium Falcon, New Hope moment uh, where the Razor Crest saves saves the day and without the jetpack you need to understand everything all the dominoes need to be set up in place and fire a story and i'm really impressed by this having the jetpack there has allowed them to shoot him off in this moment and he saved the day and he did that cool little moment where he uh, went out to the the, the 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 lava thing lava hole lava pit shot up and shot some stormtroopers um they hit him which is interesting <laughs> He gets hit a few times by some stormtroopers in this season. Last episode it happened too. I mean, I suppose last episode he was right in front of them, so that's fair. They just shot in his direction, like towards them, in front of them and, and got him. But yeah, they hit him, so that was interesting. Um, so the trooper character is super beast too. I didn't expect the trooper character to get so much character, so to speak, in this episode. Um which is cool. I love that trooper character. Uh, something that came from the classic vintage Star Wars figurines of the '80s um, that ended up in this in this show. It did first appear in Rebels, um, but yeah, it's it's the first time it's appeared in live action. And it's based on um, the trooper character that was released with the figurines in the '80s in the vintage sets. Um, so yeah, there's that. Uh, the Mithril will get his speeder replaced by the character or carrier, I suppose. So earlier on, he said something about the character, how cool it is, and they're like, "Oh, Caradun says it's a shame it's going to get disintegrated." So, oh, and then they use the character and destroy his speeder. He's really having a tough time, this guy. But I think it's safe to assume he's going to get the carrier, and it'd be cool to see that kind of rhyme later and, and come back, come back around, see him driving the carrier, or they need, or they use it later on. 
we might end the end the season again on Navarro. I don't know. Um, BMX Trooper bikes. That's cool. BMX Jungle bikes, and the bikes were white, which was really cool as well. Uh, it was cool to see some different colors on those bikes. Um, and the troopers in this in this series seem to be, especially on the bikes, seem to be much better than they were in Jedi. <laughs> Maybe it's because they were taking on Luke Skywalker and not some regular people, but yeah. Um, that was really cool. Uh, Grief Karga's shooting is pretty impressive in this as well. Um, very good writing by Favreau there in this episode. Um, and then there were TIE Fighters. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that was uh, that was impressive. And that was a really, again, really fantastic writing. I'm really impressed on the way that they took... You know, Grief takes the TIE Fighter out and then the TIE Fighter, as it falls through the cavern because it's so low, destroys the back of the carrier. Takes out the gun. That's what would happen. That's kind of how physics works, but this is Star Wars, so physics doesn't matter. Anyway. Um, uh, it's cool that they managed to blow the base. Boom, done. Base is done. Don't have to worry about that anymore, or do we? Uh, Carl Weathers. Oh, what's cool about this episode is actually Carl Weathers directed. So Carl Weathers, the guy who plays Grief Cargo, directed this episode. Um, and it was the best episode yet. So I'm really impressed by that. And I'm really interested to see what he has to say about it in the gallery season two. Um, and let's just thank the force for the crest. So Mando's flying is incredible here. And again, like we said, like I said, Star Wars rhymes. <laughs> And this moment here rhymes with the Millennium Falcon in the trench run. We had a trench run with the carrier as well. That's really cool. So it's very, very close. And it's it's that rhyming. Um, you know, people call it copying. And it's, uh, yeah, the Force Awakens copied A New Hope. No, it rhymed with A New Hope. Um, and yeah, I mean, it rhymes with... There's the trench run with the character carrier with the TIE Fighters, and then the TIE Fighters come along and blah, 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 the Razor Crest destroys it. Whoa! Great shot, kid. There's one in a million. You know, that kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, the little baby, uh, he pukes. <laughs> and of course he puked because he's a toddler and he ate too many macaroons. And nobody told him not to eat too many macaroons. He just did it anyway. He ate his blue space macaroons. Um, and, and that was that, um, and it's really very much a, a cute little, um, father moment to use his own clothing, use his cape to clean the baby up, because uh, that's what dads do. Um, grief protects Mando. I really like how grief protects Mando when the Republican, when Mr. Kim comes back, um, and the, Re the public, the new Republic pilot comes back. He seems to be a really... Important character here. He's a connection. And um, when he speaks to Kara, he speaks about Alderaan. And, uh, you know, that moment where she says, I lost everyone is really, really quite powerful. And that's why she's, you know, she, I think as far as she's concerned, she's thinking she's done with the Republic because she was a rebel, not a Republican. And um, she she fought the war and the war's over. But she's still fighting the war with the imps. Um or at least the uh, uh, the fringe, the leftovers of the imps. Um, you got to remember when the head of a head of a hydra, or the head of a dragon, is chopped off. The rest of the dragon still needs to be destroyed, so to speak. Um, when they destroyed the emperor, he was, you know, 
He was the head, but there was still some pretty strong wings and tail, you know, and such that, that existed. And Moff Gideon's one of them. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the What's cool is that the Empire is on the Outer Rim. All this is going on on the Outer Rim. Uh, we haven't really heard. We've heard all about the Outer Rim, but we haven't seen very much of it um, in Star Wars. And it's cool to see that. Um and I want that Rebels badge that Mr. Kim puts down for Cara Dune. That was beautiful. Um, that was a really cool little badge. I, I, I kind of said to my partner as we were watching it, I wonder, she says, what, what's that all about? And I said, I reckon maybe it's got a hologram. Might have a message on it. It might um, might be a tracker to her. It might be... It'll probably come back around. Um, it might be... Oh, excuse me. A way for them to connect to and speak to uh, the New Republic, like a, a, a little signal, or a way for them to communicate, like a burner phone of sorts, a burner hologram of sorts. Um, and then uh, we have the end of the episode, uh, Mando goes off, he says, I'll be back, I'll see you later, I've got some things to do, which I assume he's headed after Ahsoka. And then we, you know, we see a Star Destroyer. Yes, we do, ladies and gentlemen. It's exciting. It was a beautiful Star Destroyer too, and it looked like a model. It looked like that was some uh, model stuff going on over there at ILM. Um, and we see, you know, we see that little beady-eyed Delalian that looked at Mando for a brief second as he was fixing the Razor Crest at the start, the mechanic. Uh, he get he put a tracker of some sort or a device, he says. He doesn't necessarily say what the device is. But I think it might be safe to assume, for one to assume that it's a tracker, if Moff Gideon is after the child. Um, and then we see what people have been uh, theorizing as dark troopers, and I've never heard of a dark trooper before, but apparently they are from the expanded universe, and that's probably why, because I am not a big expanded universe guy. I like my canon, and that's just me. And the woman says, the uh, the official, we're going to call her, Says to the guy on the hologram, uh, you will be award- rewarded during the new era, which I assume, which I think we can we can assume, which is safe to assume, but uh, you don't want to assume anything. I think we can uh, kind of say maybe that that's just the First Order is what she's referring to. And, um, and that's it. Moff Gideon's the head of the First Order and he'll have something to do with setting up the First Order or he's at least attempting to do so. Um, he's definitely trying to keep uh, the Empire alive, and I think he might be some sort of connection to the Emperor. I think all that, all that theorizing about the Emperor and the cloning and Snoke could actually very possibly be true. Yeah, um, but and that's it. That's the end of the episode, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. Thank you for listening to Mando Mondays once again. Um, I am on a brief break for a week. Uh, next week, so we won't be back with Mando Mondays, but the following week, uh, the second week of December, uh, sorry, the first week of December, we will be having a double feature, so I will uh, sit down and I'll chat about episode 13 and episode 14, all in one episode, you'll have double Mando, it'll probably be an hour, finally, Qui-Gon's happy hour will be an hour, (laughs) Um, and we won't have to keep calling it Qui-Gon's happy half hour, happy 20 minutes, um, in the case of this week. Uh, but yeah, I will see you guys 
in two weeks. Um, and we'll be back for Mando Mondays. And a double feature, ladies and gentlemen, episode 13 and 14 uh, when they come out. So, as always, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching or rather listening to Mando Mondays and here at Qui-Gon's Happy Hour. Um, I have been your host, Jordan. This has been Mando Mondays at Qui-Gon's Happy Hour. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, this is the way and may the force be with you.